is Sox Whitmore, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from a piece I wrote called A Letter to My Sister, a long-form letter directed to my biological sister that I wrote and recorded myself reading. The letter was born from a writing prompt, a conversation you haven't had but need to have. The relationship between myself and most of my biological family is complicated, but I've always loved my sister. After moving out for college on the other side of the country, I changed a lot, and I missed out on how she changed because we were so far apart. I needed to have this conversation because I wanted her to know just how much I missed her and the kinship we'd had, as well as how much I hope she'll be able to accept me for the person I've grown into. Without further ado, an excerpt from A Letter to My Sister. However, I do think we found a lot of joy in watching movies together growing up. We've seen probably 90% of the Barbie movies in existence. They're still making them. They really should have stopped when they were ahead. And I'm pretty sure we saw everything Pixar had made by the time I graduated high school. We went from Scooby-Doo to the Smurfs to Phineas and Ferb. I begged and pleaded for you to watch Star Trek, and it wasn't until our dad started giving you spaceship rides on his knees during the opening theme that you finally agreed. But soon, you were hooked too. Once you were in middle school, you started introducing me to Andy Mack and Steven Universe and, yes, the new My Little Pony. Even though you, the blonde-haired, freckle-faced baby of the family who loved beaches and flamingos and pineapples more for room decor than in practice, had rarely demonstrated any obvious sisterhood of personality to me, the fervent studier of dragons and folklore and occasionally floral prints, it's a guilty pleasure. We always found common ground in the oddest of things. My partner sometimes teases me for liking bad movies and kids shows, but... My love for them is tied to my love for you and the person you helped make me. So yeah, I still watch them sometimes. One of my absolute favorite things we used to do is when I took it upon myself to watch every Disney movie ever made, and consequently decided that meant I had to watch nature documentaries from the 50s that truly haven't aged well. So you and I would go down to the TV together and watch them, and to make them bearable, we would run non-stop commentary through the entire thing. I think that's where my love for silliness started. I remember when we saw prairie dogs hopping into a pool of water, so I said, They're going for a swim. Wait, no. Opposites attract. The pond catches fire and everybody dies! It made no sense, but it set us both into fits of hysteria for days. I still look sometimes at the Google Doc we made of the funnies I would come up with when I was with you. The pond catching fire is the second one on the list. Since then, I've added lots more, some of which happened with my partner instead of with you. But they were still silly, so I wanted to share them with you. Because we planted the seeds for that silliness together. Once the documentary phase was over, I think most of those funnies came from the stories I used to tell you. It's somewhat amusing that I consider myself bad at improv. It's easy until someone asks me to do it on command. But I must have made up dozens of stories for you, on the spot, late at night in your bedroom. Crazy to think we used to share the master bedroom, and 
sleep in almost twin, twin beds, hardly six feet away from each other. Our mom used to tuck us in. She used to pick out our clothes in the morning. Can you believe we were ever that small at the same time? Hard to believe that it wasn't until our beds were literally a story apart after I'd relocated to the spare room in the basement that we finally shared a bedtime ritual just for us. And it was so wonderful spontaneously composing stories for you about all the fictional characters we invented together, friends and family members of our cat Shadow and Shiver, Dusty being long forgotten, with special powers and a world that had its own set of rules much better than those of the world we live in. To be honest, all that storytelling is probably part of how I grew into being a writer. And sometimes I would be so, so sleepy, but you'd insist on me telling you a story, so I would lay on your floor or maybe on top of your covers and try to string something together. Until somewhere right at the end of the tale, my drowsy ramblings would trail off into sleep and I'd wake up an hour later to find we'd fallen asleep together. If only there'd been room enough in our beds to share. I might have spent the whole night with you amongst the jumble of stuffed animals and maybe a living cat or two. If I tried to tell any of my college friends the stories I used to tell you, they sure would look at me funny. We had our own language, our little inside jokes and boo-isms as I now think of them. The voices we developed for the characters in our incredible wacky world of invisible kittens. How. When one of us was upset and the other couldn't think of anything else to say, we could scoop up a cat and start talking about Boo Land and it wouldn't be long before smiles started peeking through. <laughs>